1: it up to you live on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network. I'm Bruce Nolan. Welcome back, Nate Geary, and this is Food for Thought, a show combining two of your three favorite F words. That's right, food and football. The third one is Frost. We all plenty of that, right? Plenty of that, pal. Yep. Huge part of it. I went after I was done with the show last week Mm -hmm. into my bedroom and there was little pieces of ice starting to build up in the corner of my bedroom like inside the wall i was like okay well have a good day let's have let's let's have a good one folks let's make it so the
0: um you know the, the the setup of the apartment here so upstairs." Um, we have like a little sunroom that shuts out. It's all windows. It's not all windows, but it's mostly windows and, um, it's right off the living room. And that was what took the brunt of the, you know, category one hurricane force winds that, uh, that persisted for, you know, shoot 48 hours, 50 plus hours. Um, and you know, I don't want to say it's like it probably had that part of the house probably hasn't been updated and all that long. So it wasn't like I, w- I would say out of, out of one to one hundred in terms of insulation score, I'd probably give it a 40. <clears throat> so it was just bringing in cold air because, <clears throat> again, category one, Hurricane Force winds last week. So when my power cut, this is when I was talking to you, is my the temperature in my apartment started to drop about five degrees every 40 minutes or so so it's just drop 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 12 hours in 40 degrees I'm I got my winter coat I'm wrapped up in a blanket I got I got two pairs of socks on slippers on I'm just I'm doing what I can to stay warm um what a crazy what a crazy couple of days man it's been uh what a crazy start to the holiday season I mean the, the first snowstorm right before Thanksgiving and then this right during smack dab during the holidays. And I know this affected mostly people in western New York, but this was a pretty far ranging storm. But the man, it just feels like the Buffalo got picked on a little bit here, Bruce. Like if you looked, if you saw any of the weather reports in the Doppler radars, like this snow band just stood on top of Buffalo and just gave it everything, gave Buffalo everything it had. It was insane, yeah. man. It was insane. Yeah, if
1: you lived in the Midwest, you felt some of it. Yeah, you, you felt the cold. You felt But the if cold. you were in Buffalo, you got, got it. it. Oh, yeah. For sure. You know what I could go for right now, speaking of which? A drink. I could go for a Picasso's Pizza. Mm. That's what I could go for. Because this show, like every show on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network, is presented by Picasso's Pizza. Treat yourself. It's the most a- flavorful pizza on game day. Picasso's, we are Buffalo Pizza, shipping locally and nationwide. Order online at Picasso'sPizza.net. Nate, are you ready for the Food for Thought drinking game? Born. Born, Born ready. ready. Do you have a drink ready? I have a drink ready. Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce you. Tea with vodka. If you have not been already introduced to the Food for Thought drinking game. The rules are simple. I have put them up on the screen right now. If any of the following things happen, you take a drink. If you're in the comments section on YouTube live with us, it's your responsibility to call out what you heard and to say drink. Either host mentions their pet. Either host mentions their Dynasty Fantasy Football League. I am in the championship this week against Joe Marino, so go ahead and drink. Nate's cat jumps on his lap. Nate Name drops a local Buffalo restaurant. The third F of the show is an item that's a subset of food. There's a super chat. A winner or loser of the week is some version of all of us. Bruce says, and what I mean by that is, Bruce gives a fictional reason why his camera isn't working, and Nate openly Googles something during the show. A reminder, hit all the engagement buttons. Like, subscribe, rate, review. Any super chat at or greater than 10 bucks gets a Genesee pint class. Just make sure you follow at Genesee Brewery on Twitter, and you DM at Nate Geary Sports. Proof of the super chat and the Genesee follow along with your address, and he will get you the pint glass. Nate, do you have Genesee or do you have, you have, what do you have? Tea and vodka? Is that what you got? You're, you're muted just so you know. Yeah. yeah.
0: I, I recognize that. Um, <clears throat> yes. Tea and vodka, a little Tito's and a little unsweetened. Okay. I like okay. to stay healthy. You know, I like to stay healthy.
1: I'm going to need to make a, a trip after the snow is all gone to Western New York and stock up on Genesee because I make sure that I have Genesee available for these particular drinking games because since 1878, Genesee has poured generations of brewing knowledge into each pint can and bottle of their beer. They make no sacrifices when it comes to their beer brewing each with the highest quality ingredients for a consistently great drinking experience. Look for Genesee beer, Genesee light cream ale and their specialty line with brewers like Ruby red culture, Oktoberfest, Genesee brewery, Rochester, New York. Nate, Mm -hmm. tonight, we are going to talk about pivotal meals. Mm. It's a pretty big game. I would say so. For the Buffalo Bills coming up this week. And we're going to talk about pivotal meals because it's a pivotal game. want to acknowledge some people in the comments before we get started. Richard Rush, appreciate you, man. Richard, We're thinking about you. We're praying for you. Devin says, unsweet teat and vodka is a questionable mixed drink. I've never... I've never had it. So I, I can't really speak to it. Karen. <laughs> Karen's here for Football Friday and faux. Yes. Oh, I had some pho today with my wife. Um, Love a know, good any, pho. Any, Anytime you have an opportunity to tell your wife that you want pho, then that works out really well. I said, I, I really, we just really, we really got a pho today. That's what we got to do. We got to make gotta sure pho. we got a Got a faux. <laughs> so pivotal meals. Yeah. Pivotal when game. If you think my friend. of pivotal meals, what do you think of?
0: So when I think of pivotal meals, what I was trying to think of is what, like, it's holiday season, right? And short of being cliche, you know, like, I would say most people during the holiday eat a lot of turkey, they eat a lot of ham, right? But I'm going to go with like a holiday theme and what's pivotal for my holiday dinners with family, my once a year big dinner, right? So my once a year big dinner, it's got to be a perfectly medium rare cooked rib roast with like a crab leg, Alaskan king crab, and or lobster tail. That's got to be the combination. It's a once a year thing. And and for me, it's, again, it kind of goes towards the tradition of holiday as like I, I don't really know another time I ever eat prime rib, um, except for the holidays. It's not that it's not available to me. It's just that's the pivotal meal for Christmas. You save it for Christmas and New Year's dinner. We combine it, well, we used to. Um, we used to combine Christmas and New Year's dinner together and we would call it, you know, like the like the dinner of champions. It's the, it's the last dinner of the year as a family. So we're going to kind of go all out on it. And let, because of the once a year nature, sort of like this pivotal matchup might be a twice a year matchup, by the way. Um, let's hope that it's just one. Let's hope let's hope that the Bills find a way to play like the ravens without lamar jackson somehow some way in the second rounder to, to get themselves to a afc championship game but i digress um it, it's kind of like the i when i think of pivotal like the wh- what are some of the words that pop up bruce what do you think of of uh pivotal right like you think essential um you know i'm trying to think of some good ones you're thinking crucial I'm vital thinking
1: of, i'm thinking like a, like a fulcrum Meal mm. where oh. the outcome of that meal can go one way or another way based on the quality of that meal.
0: See, and that's kind of my thought on this because where I'm going with the rib roast is the rib roast is one of the finest, delicate meals and like pieces of beef. Like you, you're you going to spend $150 on a good chunk of rib roast, but it can be miscooked. It can be overcooked, which I w- I'm here to tell you, I would almost rather it be slightly overcooked than slightly undercooked. My grandparents, they like it like cold with like a it's got like a pulse um i i like medium rare but i am not a rare prime rib guy they love prime rib uh and they love the rare prime rib but they they make sure they cook like a couple extra pieces a little bit longer for me um but nobody wants to have the over or undercooked prime rib rib roast for especially because again you're spending 160 dollars on it and the last thing you want to do is mess up the cook for the rest of the family so um yes that's that's my pivotal meal for the winter season and for the holiday season a medium rare rib roast prime rib crab legs but by the way the crab leg and or lobster is actually a very important part of this as well because it you have to have this has to be a surf and turf i feel like the worst thing you could do is have prime rib And then just a bunch of sides. You need like another really delicate, really rich item, seafood related, I think, to go with the rib roast to really uh, to make it elite for the holiday season.
1: Ralph Wilson says, "I thought roast beef was roast beast was for the holidays. It's the Grinch reference. The Who's down in Whoville had roast beast. Roast beast. Roast beast. For me, pivotal meal. I'm going first date." And I have a take. Okay. See, because I'm old and married, I can have many takes. And I don't it's have to true. worry about ever actually following through with any of them because I'm not going to have a first date. Dinner and a movie is one of the worst first date ideas ever known to man. Mm. Number one. It's probably right. Is there... A time when a human being is less attractive than when they are bending over and chewing. <laughs> Number two, watching a movie in complete silence, Next, sitting next to the person in silence for two hours. So you've seen them chew, and then you've sat next to them in the dark. Congratulations. You have set yourself up as poorly as humanly possible <laughs> to achieve the end goal of getting to know this human being. Dinner and movie is terrible. Stop taking people to dinner. Here's what you do. Coffee and putt-putt. Mm. Here's the reason why. You go into the coffee, coffee shop. And you get a cup of coffee. Number one, you get a chance to see how they order and how they treat retail workers and food service workers, which is really important. Point. Good point. Number two, you can sit down in the coffee shop and sip your coffee, which, mind you, you have to wait for it to cool. Just to sit and sip your coffee and talk. Then, when you get to coffee and mini golf, when you get past the coffee to mini golf, you get to see them in a competitive environment. You can see how they handle gracefully winning or gracefully losing. Mm -hmm. Right? Hand eye coordination, right? Problem solving whether they throw a fit, if things don't go their way, all these things are valuable pieces of information that you never would have gotten if you watched them chew for 40 minutes. In, In complete silence. And then in complete silence, or talking with their mouth full, God forbid, and then going to a movie and sitting next to someone in complete silence for two hours. So for me, the first date is a pivotal meal because it really shouldn't even be a meal. I had pho with my wife today, and as I was eating it, I thought to myself, I don't know if I can think of a worse first date food than pho. Slurping it is literally the name (laughs) of the game. Watching them try to negotiate chopsticks, right? And literally slurp these noodles in. It's just, it's like the worst possible thing you could do. They're splattering all over the place. It's just terrible. So for me, the pivotal meal It's first date meal. It's absolutely terrible. I don't know why we as a society decided dinner and movie was like the go-to first date. It's the worst thing ever. I would much rather go shopping with someone as a first date.
0: You know what's funny though, Bruce, about uh, the movie theater is I think because... Now, I grew up in a little bit of a different era than you. I'm slightly younger than you, Bruce. So, hear me out here. In Hamburg, where I'm from, Hamburg Orchard Park... The movie theater, the regal cinema, was the hangout place when I was young. I mean, that's where you could get away from the parents, you could go on a date with a girl, you could meet really what we would do is meet a bunch of groups of people at the movie theater, and like that was your you know date night, so to speak, right? So maybe I I, that that has never carried over for me though into adulthood. I, I don't think like post 17 post-18 years old, that I would have done a date at a movie theater. Like, once once I had a vehicle available to myself and I didn't have to get dropped off somewhere, movie theater kind of became obsolete to me.
1: Okay, that's fair.
0: Same with the mall. Like, I, I spent a lot of time at the mall growing up. I, I can't tell you the last time I, I you know, without there being a, a gift behind it, like, hey, I'm just going to go take a stroll stroll in the mall. It did not happen anymore.
1: No, but strolling the mall, that... Nowadays, it's just sad. It's just an exercise in sadness. Yeah, yeah. But a long time ago, I I would have been down with that. I would have been down with doing a mall stroll as a first date. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Why not? Just go to the mall. Let's go to the mall. We'll chat. We'll chit chat. Let's go to the mall today. Okay. Moving along. If the upcoming Bills-Bengals game was a food. Nate? How are your metaphor skills after a week off? Are you feeling a little rusty? Did the cold suck it out of you? Good. I don't
0: know. I think I, I think I still got some pretty good metaphor skills here.
1: You ready for me to ready. Ready for me
0: to do it? All right. So if Bill's Bengals were a food, it would be Picasso's cheese and pepperoni pizza paired with fresh ice cold Coca-Cola. Do you like that one? Wow. I mean, that's that's elite. Yeah, Right. Right, because think of the matchup, Joe or, or, or Joe. Right, I'm, I don't know why I said Joe.
1: <laughs> it was a nervous. I, I've been called worse. It's fine.
0: Yeah, my, my other co-host, his name is Joe, so I guess, I guess you're Joe. Um, no, but Picasso's cheese and pepperoni pizza paired with a fresh, ice cold Coca-Cola, both things are very good. to elite by themselves. Like you can have a Coca-Cola anytime, any day, preferably out of a glass bottle, the the Mexican style. Uh, that's really the elite, right? Like, and, and you can think of the Bills at, in this case as the ice cold, delicious Coca Cola, and the Cincinnati Bengals as your perfectly, you know, cheese and pepperoni with the perfect caramelized crust and you know the little crack dust that they put on it. You know what I'm talking about, Bruce? Know um, talking about. You know what I'm talking about. And again, alone they're great, but when you put them together, like we're going to see on Monday Night Football and frankly, when you add the fact that it's in Monday Night Football, think about if you had a Picasso's cheese and pepperoni pizza and a fresh, cold Coca-Cola while you are kicking your feet up watching Monday Night Football. That would be an elite setting. Um, And now you just get to watch the Bills and Bengals, maybe the greatest Bruce, this game's being hyped up as maybe the game of the year and so I had to come up with an elite combination that could hold water to something that is the game of the year nominee Um, and for me, like Okay, and oh, Ralph, although I agree, although I agree, there is something, and he says Picasso's and Jenny Ale is better. There's nothing, I, not, not telling you you're wrong here, but there is something to be said about a really, like, taking that bite when you get the perfect bite of a Picasso's piece of pizza, right? Where you get pepperoni, you get the little uh, garlicky dust, perfect amount of cheese, sauce, the whole nine, right? You finish you swallow and you chase it with that real, like where you're getting the burn from the pop on the back of your throat. Like there is no better combination than that that is the elite of the elite. Um, so that beer just is not going to bring for me. So I need that refreshing, crisp bite of a Coca-Cola. And um, yeah, I mean, this is this game, just like this meal is about as hyped up and it's about as elite as it gets. And I'm really looking forward to, uh, to getting to watch this matchup on Monday night football, like everyone else apparently is.
1: Now I, I think I know the answer based on what you just said but you're a coke over Pepsi guy right
0: I don't I don't drink
1: I don't drink Pepsi well there you go won't do it Either. not even if there's a fire not even if there's a fire so my father is a diet Pepsi drinker okay and when I was young and going out to eat with my parents and he would take us to someplace new he would ask the waitress a Coke, or, coke Pepsi? or Pepsi and every single time she would answer Coke or every single time he would answer with coke. He would speak to the server and he would say, Would you consider switching? <laughs> that was the that was the dad joke. You know, everyone has a dad joke. That yeah, was his a dad joke. You know, for some people, it's, it's you know, hi, my name is Bernard, I'll be your server today. And then he would go, Hi, Bernard, I'll, my, I'll be your customer today, right? Yeah. For some it's, people it's that, yeah. but for this one, it's Coke or Pepsi, Coke. Oh, that's too bad. Would you consider switching? That that's was the funny. that was the dad joke. So for me. The upcoming Bills-Bengals game is a peanut butter and jelly sandwich.
0: Mm, We're going with the same breath here.
1: So, Elite combinations. Peanut peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Elite combination. But this is important. Very rarely is the ratio of peanut butter to jelly 100% perfect. Unless you're making it. Usually, it's a little jelly or a little peanut butter. Mm. And in this analogy... Somebody has to win out. Either the peanut butter or the jelly has to win out. Yeah. But we can acknowledge that it's extremely well-balanced. We can acknowledge that these are two really good teams that are going at it, and it's going to be delightful to watch. It's going to be delightful to consume. But somebody has to be more. I mean, I have very rarely had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich where the ratio was 100% perfect. It's always... 55, 45, or it's yeah. sixty, forty, 40. And there's nothing wrong with that. I always prefer my peanut butter and jelly to have a little bit too much peanut butter than versus a little bit too much jelly. See, I'm if the a opposite. Bit too much, a little bit too much jelly it gets soggy on me. I'm I'm the opposite. Oh, see, there you go. It doesn't, that sandwich doesn't so last long enough. You're a Bengals fan, and I'm a Bills fan. That's how it works. It doesn't,
0: it doesn't last long enough for the bread to get soggy for me. After I make that, that sandwich, I'm eating it. Now, if I'm making a PBJ for later eating, then yes, more peanut butter to jelly ratio. And in fact, I might peanut butter both sides and then put jelly a in the middle. spread of yes. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. As you should. But as one should. As one should. So as it is written, so let it be done mm. when it comes to PB and J. But for me, it's a PBJ sandwich because I know before I even consume it that it's gonna be elite, but it's not gonna come out equal. I don't think this game is gonna be tied. Right? What percentage of games actually come out tied? Very small. What percentage of PB and J's actually come out exactly balanced with peanut butter and Jelly? Very small. Somebody has to win out. Someone does have now to it's win. Now it's gonna be a great game regardless, but somebody's gotta win out. So for me, PB and J. That's how I feel about it. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check.
0: I think the funny thing about PBJ that maybe we're not, at least in my opinion, people always get caught up in the grape versus raspberry versus strawberry jelly versus the crunchy and versus the creamy. I don't hear enough people
1: talking about the bread. Got to be, got to be thicker, baby. It's got, it's got, it got got to hold up.
0: And are, are, are you that, see, like, I, I think there's a time and place for like a 12 grain, but it's not on a PBJ sandwich. I don't want texture. I don't want that overly weedy taste to conflict with any of the flavors that I'm looking to create in that peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I'm a creamy and and Concord grape jelly guy myself, but I will eat crunchy and strawberry any day, sure. But like, if I'm saying I'm going to go to the grocery store and go buy peanut butter and jelly, it's going to be Concord grape and it's going to be creamy. And I like the more generic peanut butters. Like I don't need a, I don't need Bruce, like the organic, you know, with all the oil at the top. And every time you go in, you got to give me Jif and I'm good to go. Like I I don't, I don't need anything sexy, but I think I do need white bread. I, I need just classic white bread, maybe Texas toast. And I need that to be super, super soft and fresh. That is the most important part of the sandwich to me people lose me when they're trying to pull wheat or like, you know, like the oat at the top of the, on the crust or right. potato bread that that's even like, I love potato bread, but not on a peanut butter and jelly. Give me, give me, give me wonder bread. Like just give me something. That's like a, a nice solid white bread. And I, and I think that's, that's something that not enough people talk about.
1: It's one of the ways that you and I are different when it comes to foods is that you want that, you want that texture homogeny. And I don't. Yes. I want the texture differential. So give me the, give me the multi-grain with crunchy peanut butter. Absolutely. By all means, give me the potato bread. Give me, I don't want it to be a homogenous. I don't want a peanut butter and jelly slider, essentially. You know what I mean? Right. Like I want something hearty. I want, I, I want texture differential. I want flavor differential, things like that. You and I are different in that way, but I have a feeling that this is one of those things that I will get shouted down on if I were to take this to the public. I have a feeling that the vast majority of people consuming this podcast right now or this live show would agree with you. They want some Wonder Bread. They want straight white bread. They want to do that. Yep. All right. Yep. The suddenly potent Bills rushing attack makes me feel like, you know, the Bills have one of the better rushing games in recent memory.
0: It is suddenly potent, buddy.
1: Suddenly potent. And I I wrote an article for BuffaloRumlings.com where I talked about it, and I talked about how important it is for you to be not just effective in the running game, but explosive in the running game. Because effective, you can be effective and not explosive. And I think that one of the keys in the cyclical nature of football right now is that boxes are getting lighter and lighter and lighter. Safeties are getting deeper and deeper and deeper. And yep. too high is becoming more and more prevalent especially if you have an elite quarterback, which the Buffalo Bills do. If you have an elite quarterback, you almost need to be able to punish defenses for lightning boxes. But you don't do that by getting three and a half, four and a half yards at a time. That's not how you do it. You have to be able to rip off explosive runs because think about it. The reason why they're in too high to begin with is to prevent explosive pass plays. That's the reason they're in. So the only way you can counter that and to get them to stop doing that is to get explosive plays in the run game and say, fine, you want to do that to avoid explosive plays in the pass game? That's fine. We'll get explosive plays in the run game. And the Buffalo Bills have been doing that. So James Cook, this year, has 53.5% of all of his rushing yardage coming on explosive runs. Runs of 15 or more yards. He's averaging 5.8 yards per rush, which is staggering. Yeah. And I want to point this out right now. Nick Chubb, Cleveland Browns running back, widely considered to be the best pure runner in football. It's Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry is the best two pure running backs in football based on who you talk to. He has the most 15-plus yard runs this season. He runs for 15 or more yards on 7.6% of his carries. Almost identical to Devin Singletary. James Cook runs for 15 or more yards on Uh 13.7% of his carries. Wow. If you hand James Cook the ball 100 times, which he almost has 100 carries so far this year. If you hand him 100 times the ball, 14 times, he's going to rush it for more than 15 yards which is just staggering. It's not good enough to just be good in the run game. You need to be explosive in the run game so that you can slap the defense across the face for how dare you play me in too high. How dare you play the safeties that far off the line script? How dare you have six men in the box? That's the way you do it.
0: He's getting the, um, the Todd Gurley treatment where he's got such a potent passing offense that he's never he's going to see the lowest percentage of run look boxes in the league. I mean that just because he's there when he's in the game, he poses the pass catching threat. Everybody knows the Bills want to throw the football. And interestingly enough, um, Bruce, when you uh, like think about this matchup between Cincinnati and Buffalo, and people look at Cincinnati's run defense and they they're like, okay, this is this is a top twelve unit. Uh, I think they're actually a top eight unit and uh, run and def- run defense in terms of yards and yards per carry given up um, and touchdowns given up. But I want to tell you, Bruce, that it's not because of their defense. They play from ahead. head. It's hard yeah. to run on the Cincinnati Bengals, much like it's hard to run on the bills, the bills, for the most part, they give up those early, you know, the first drive last week was not good, but then they, I mean, they, they tightened up, but how much, could Chicago really dedicate to running the football when it, when it's a football game, when they're down by a score, when they're down by 10 points? Um, the same could be said for Cincinnati. So there's going to be opportunities for this Bills offense to get yards on the run game against, the I think, a Cincinnati defense whose, whose numbers against the run are a little inflated.
1: Well, if the suddenly potent Bills rushing attack would make me feel like something from a culinary standpoint, it makes me feel like this. Nate? You know whenever you find, like, a 20 in, like, a winter coat pocket Mm -hmm, that you didn't think you had there? That's happened to me before.
0: Hmm. It
1: happened to me at a diner where I was ordering a burger because that's what you do at diners. Yeah,
0: it's what you do, apparently.
1: And I had no, no plan of buying dessert. I very rarely get dessert or an appetizer when I go out to eat. It's usually straight entree, water. Done. Out. That is the Bruce way. But, makes sense. Sometimes you're feeling lucky. Sometimes you go, Wow, what is this in my pocket? What is, this? Is, this a is it 20? It's an actual 20. You know what? Maybe I will have dessert. I will have dessert after all. Thank you. The waiter comes over and you say, Hey, you know what? Remember I told you that I, we weren't going to have dessert? If it's okay with you, I changed my mind. Can we get some? Just kidding. Just kidding. It's bonus. That's Mm -hmm. what it is. It's bonus. I did not come into this year thinking that this was going to be the year. The bills were suddenly going to have a, a dominant rushing attack and they don't have a dominant rushing attack. That's right. But it's explosive enough to cause problems. It's explosive enough that you can't just sit there forever. You have to at least say, okay, well they can, you know, James cook can, I made a statement earlier in the season when James Cook was one-on-one with the safety and outran him to the end zone. And I said, nobody else in the Bills running back room can do that. And everyone was laughing at me. They're like, what are you talking about? And then he did it again against the Bears. If you have James Cook one-on-one with the safety, he can take it to the house. He can just beat your angle. That's what 4-3 speed looks like going forwards versus a safety playing hash to hash coming downhill. Coming downhill and filling versus the run as a safety is one of the most difficult things to do in football. I've said it before. It's even harder to do it when the guy you're trying to tackle runs a 4-3. So, for me, the suddenly potent Bill's rushing attack makes me feel like I wasn't planning on having dessert, but I found a 20. Hmm. I like that. I
0: um I'm gonna go similar to you in that I, I'm kinda I'm gonna look at this suddenly potent Bill's rushing attack as like not necessarily the bonus that you're talking about, but rather something that I thought I knew, something that I can was convinced I knew to be true. And have now felt there's evidence to convince me that my what I originally thought about this team as it was currently constructed and being able to run the football has changed a little bit. And I also want to point out one piece of context before I hop into my thought here is this was right around the same time last year, Bruce, that the Bills started figuring things out on the ground as well. And I also think that it's no coincidence that they played some of their most efficient football into January and and obviously those final two games in the playoffs, like they figured it out right around this time last year. The difference is though, Bruce, they definitely did not have the breakaway speed, the big playability that you were just talking about with James Cook. And, and I think he, he makes this a little bit more scalable, a little bit more sustainable long-term. And I think that's really exciting. So I just wanted to point out that, you know, it's eerily similar to them. And, and last year it was Reggie Gilliam unlocking it this year. It's Bobby Hart.
1: Yeah, it's and really uh it was also running almost exclusively Gap with Devin. Yeah, yeah.
0: Now you're seeing a lot of mid-zone. A mm-hmm. lot of mid-zone. A lot of mid-zone. A lot of dark. A um, lot of dart, A lot of mid-zone. Yeah, it's, it's good stuff. Okay, here we go. This suddenly potent Bills rushing attack makes me feel like the first time I tried a dirty martini. Why is this relevant, right? I grew up hating, loathing olives. One of the worst things to me, one of the worst flavor profiles, just bitter, gross. I didn't think they brought anything to a dish. And, but like more than anything, green olives, just disgustingly bitter and nasty. Like I had for sure thought I had made up my mind about not liking olives from a very young age. I was, my sister, the reason I was, it was such a young age is my sister loved them. Would like, we'd have like cans of, you know, cans of black olives in the fridge and she's just, you know, eating I'm, I, it would just be the grossest thing to me. But I also thought that I had my mind made up, Bruce, about how good this offensive offensive lineman group and this group of running backs meshed together. And I did not really think there was a good philosophical or schematical fit between them. Um, I just, I didn't see it. And I thought that it made my mind up on it. Um, but when I finally had olives in a vodka martini, I realized sort of the hidden greatness of it, and it was just a different context. It was a different, it was a different way of enjoying something that I had never enjoyed before, that had totally opened me up to liking it. And now, when I get a dirty martini, I'm getting extra dirty, extra mar- uh, extra olives, uh, olive juice, or whatever you want to call it. Um, and now I like green olives because of it. It's sort of like you know wh- when they say uh, growing up. I never, the taste of beer, my parents never had to worry about me drinking beer because I, the taste of it was disgusting to me. But what my dad always told me, it's acquired taste. Once you start drinking more of it, you'll learn to like it and you'll find a couple of, you know, beers that you like and that, that'll be your thing and you'll like beer. But now like you can find me going to Wegmans and going to the, like the, the, the cold bar and pulling up like, you know. Um, garlic stuffed olives and some blue cheese stuffed olives. And like, I'll, I'll toss those back like they're, like they're treats. It's just, it's funny to me, Bruce, how far I've come on it. But really what I think it goes to show you is like almost regardless of what you believe about a certain group or a scheme or a fit that you can be, your mind can be changed if it's put in the right context. If you are given the proper tools to let those to let that dish or to let that main item shine. And I don't want to tell you that I think for the first time, Josh Allen's era, they have a true home run threat backfield because I, Josh Allen's a home run threat, right? But they have someone else other than Josh Allen. That's a true home run threat. And um, my mind has been changed. I think pretty significantly about what I think this group can do as currently constructed, I'll be really interested to see how Brandon Bean pivots this offseason and what kind of interior offensive line they start to target both in the draft and in free agency to continue building around a guy like James Cook.
1: Does it change your opinion on the re-signing of Devin Singletary?
0: No, because unless unless they're going to cut Naeem Hines or restructure, because you can't pay him $5 million. So not that you, I think that. Not that I so think those do two are particularly good fits.
1: Devin Singletary. No, I don't think so. No. I, Unless I think, Hines is not back, in which case, then you would want to. Do it.
0: Even then, I think I'd like to go. I'd like to find another. I, I just think I, I like Devin Singletary, but what's he? I, what is he going to get? Th- throw a number at me.
1: Well, Too much. Look, 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 Too <laughs> much. Let's look at <laughs> let's look at running back contracts. Okay, right, shall we? Sure. Um, do you want to Google something for me? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, let me, I'm googling it already. Does it count if I Google it? I took a sip just in case. All right. So here are the uh, average annual values. Okay. Let's start with Connor, seven million. Fournette, seven million. Eckler, six and a half million. That's ridiculous. That's that's a that's a steal. Chase Edmonds got six million. Kareem Hunt got six. Rashad Penny got five point seven five. I mean, you're probably Gus Edwards got four. McKissick got three and a half. You're probably looking somewhere between three and a half and five, I'll bet. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. To put that in perspective, the most recent first round running backs, Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, 3.2. Draft one in the
0: second or third. Draft one in the third. Please don't draft one in the second. I need offensive linemen in the first and second this year. And a receiver. A receiver and offensive lineman first, second round.
1: So no more running thing, backs that high. Couple couple things. Number one, I said I used the phrase dart to describe uh Bill's specific running play. I did not take the second to explain what that is. Uh dart is power except with a tackle pulling inside instead of a guard. Mm-hmm. You're literally bringing a tackle. All the way through, as an interior blocker, it's the one area
0: that I feel like. Okay, I like Spencer Brown a lot when he does oh, when, in, in yeah. a dark concepts. I'm like, this is how you. They're finding you're him on
1: the move to just yeah, murder right. somebody. Right, yeah. right. And I think it, it can really help you make up for the fact that you maybe not are not getting the push that you want from your guards because you got you got a steamrolling blocker. Also, you yep. don't have to worry about the end crashing as hard because you have Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. So there's a built-in hold to the end on the backside. who's across from that tackle who's pulling into the gap. So Hold. 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 Jeremy. So <laughs> we're moving along. Are we doing they, email or are we doing we got uh, an email. winners and losers? Okay, we got email. We got an email. email. Jeremy said, I had to mix Christmas and a funeral this year, and it got me to thinking, hmm. That's too what bad. would your last meal be? As a Rochester native, it's easy for me. i have a garbage plate, cheeseburger plate, home fries, mac salad, everything, Pepsi. That's mm. how you order at 2 a.m. It's not When bad. you and Nate are on your deathbeds at 110 years old, it's adorable you think I'm going to make it to 110 years old. Yeah, I'm going to stroke out in like two years. <laughs> what would your last meal be? I know we've talked about last meals before. We have. Nate, we've talked about it before. Has your opinion on last meals changed since we've talked?
0: Um... I'm not sure. I don't remember exactly what I would have said my last meal was, but I've got something in the back of my head that I'm almost sure I wouldn't have told you was my last meal when we did this last. I'm listening. I really want a stinger
1: sub. Oh yeah, Jim's. Yeah, Jim. Jim's is really good. Um, there's but this Nate place... name drops a local Buffalo restaurant. Take a drink.
0: Oh, that's right. I was about to. Uh, I was about to do another one, but I'm forgetting the name of it. It's called. Um...
1: Oh, I got to Google this. Um, well, it's Googling something. Take a drink. <laughs> it's a good double banger right there. Back to back. You go You go 30 minutes and you think, oh, I'm safe, I'm safe, and then bang, bang.
0: Right up in you. Yeah. Um, yeah, hold on. I got to pull this up. I know it's across, it's across the street from Chater Joe's. My cousin told me about this place. Next time you're up here, and it's going to make me mad when I see it because I know what – it's Maybach's Deli. It's on Niagara Falls Boulevard. They have one of the finest – absolute finest stinger subs you're ever going to have hot chicken, uh, hot chicken fingers, delicious steak, blue cheese, lettuce, tomato, onion, send it.
1: Okay. I want to go a little bit different. Okay. And it's because I have it coming up. I think it's, it's going to be made at some point in the next couple of days by Mrs. Nolan, Mrs. Nolan made schnitzel and spatzel. Ooh. Wow. uh, A couple months ago. And it was legendary. It was absolutely legendary. I mean, I absolutely loved it. And I've been requesting it ever since. And I think it's going to be our New Year's Day meal because you're supposed to have pork. Like yeah. As, as good luck. And quite frankly, after the way 2022 went for the Nolans, you all the I will take it. every single bit of luck I can get. I'm not, a, I'm not superstitious, but... You know, for this, I could be a little stitious.
0: You're a little stitious, yeah.
1: So, I would go with schnitzel and spatzel. It's on my Instagram. You can see it. But Mrs. Nolan is going to make another round of schnitzel and spatzel, and I am going to absolutely adore it. Mm. Winners and losers this week in the NFL. Nate, who you got?
0: Uh, Let's start with the loser first. I'm going to start with Zach Wilson. He's He's kind of he's getting Baker Mayfielded. Uh, but Baker's having a resurgence, and I'm not
1: sure Zach Wilson or, has never shown any of the positives that Baker Mayfield showed.
0: And say what you will about Baker, his teammates like him. Yes. Even when he wasn't playing well in Carolina, his teammates liked him. Zach's teammates don't like him. That's just it's just it's obvious. I think the franchise is is pretty much done with him. And and I think his time in the NFL is coming to a very abrupt end. An ugly end, and I'm not sure he's gonna be that he might get Jamarcus Russell, dude, without the off field stuff. Like he might just get totally blacklisted and not be on a roster next year. And I- I'm certain someone's gonna look at him and say, There's too much talent, I need to get him in my system. You know, may- maybe that's Shanahan, you know, maybe that's. I don't know. Do you have someone else you think could could potentially revive Zach Wilson, or do you are you like me where you think it's it's like over over?
1: You know who really likes to collect quarterbacks? The Eagles.
0: Eagles do like to collect quarterbacks.
1: They like to collect quarterbacks. You know Gardner Minshew. I think is a free agent.
0: Gardner Minshew is a free agent. That's right.
1: There you go. Collect him. Develop him. Have him look good in a preseason. See if you can swap swap him for a pick. Why not? That's a Howie Roseman thing.
0: That is a Howie Roseman thing. Yeah. Get get like a, you know, trade him for like a conditional fifth or something, you know?
1: For me, the biggest loser this week is Tua. Tango by mm. Tua has had such a roller coaster the last 12 months. Yes, he has. He went from the ownership is trying to replace you to, wow, he's off to a promising start toward he gets hurt to all the controversy surrounding it. Then he gets back. He lights the world on fire. He has a couple really bad games in a row. He gets hurt again. Now there are some whispers that... Lots of whispers. Lots of whispers that, based on the concussion sustained, which, if you believe that he sustained one against the Buffalo Bills, this would be four concussions for him because he had one in Alabama. And... There's some discussions about, okay, all of a sudden now is two of the guy because of a health reason. Is he a, you know, is he a risk for something like this? Cause two is not a big guy. And so I know that size is not indicative nope. of resistance to concussions. However, size does control the amount of force that you are capable of being slammed into the ground with. If you are smaller, people can throw you harder and push you harder and you will fall faster. Because you're not less resistance because of your size. So I think that it's weird because I really believe that the the stock of Bryce Young has kind of ebbed and flowed with Tua this year. And I think it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with Bryce Young in the NFL draft. But, Mm. you know, Tua went from... We're trying to replace him toward look how good he is, toward he's totally the guy, toward he gets the number one Pro Bowl votes. Tua non does their thing to all of a sudden, I don't know if he's the guy anymore. It's been a roller coaster. Yeah. And quite frankly, I think it's a darn shame because I really like Tua. I really do. The amount of maturity and perspective that Tua had throughout all the nonsense with his previous head coach who I think handled him like garbage. I was really, really critical of Brian Flores for the way that he was handling Tua and Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I know that Flores didn't want him. Flores wanted Herbert. Like I get that. He did, but it doesn't matter. He's your guy now. So you need to handle it. You need to deal with it. You don't throw a fit like a little child. And so he tried to have his cake and eat it too. You want to develop Tua and also win games and just kind of yanking him in every, every last minute to have Fitzpatrick come in for some Fitz magic. And Tua handled it like an absolute champ. He did. All the discussions about his ownership actively trying to replace him handled it like an absolute champ. All the talk this offseason handled it like an absolute champ. And I think it's an absolute shame that there's a possibility that that career doesn't end up being what. Dolphins fans want it to be, yeah, because of this. Because I don't know how you don't root for Tua. I really, don't, I don't really don't know. I don't know how you don't. So for me, biggest loser this week, and it's not something I'm happy about putting in. Biggest winner this week. Yep, I am going to go completely out of left field. Love that. No one is going to pick this as the biggest winner this week. Okay, Derek Carr is my biggest winner. Wow. So, Derek Carr got benched. I wasn't going to
0: put him as my biggest loser, but I, I'm I'm in, I'm I'm interested in in going down this pathway with you here.
1: Derek Carr, absolutely, 100, 100, biggest winner. So, here's the thing: Derek Carr has a no trade clause in his contract. Mm-hmm. That's right; he gets to pick where he goes. Which means he gets to pick where he goes. Or, this is important: the Raiders structure his contract in a way that they can actually get out after this year. Either way, no matter what happens, he gets to pick where he goes. If they want to keep him under that contract, he gets to pick where he goes because he has a trade clause. If they don't want to keep him under that contract, they cut him. He goes and gets another signing bonus because he didn't really get a signing bonus with the Raiders contract. No matter what happens for Derek Carr, he gets to pick where he gets to go. And he either gets to stay on the contract he he's on, or he gets a new fat check. Given how bad, yeah. Given how bad Josh McDaniels has been. Given how many teams think that they're a quarterback away, what happens with the Dolphins? What happens with the Jets? Mm. All these teams who believe that they're a quarterback away. What about the Saints? These people who think that they can do it if they got good quarterback play. This, it's shaping up to be a pretty good, how often does a 30-year-old good quarterback, he's not a great quarterback, but he's a top half of the NFL quarterback, in my opinion. Yeah. Top 15. Top 15. You know, most people before this year would have Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr in a very similar tier. Yeah. Kirk Cousins has done better under a better head coach, and Derek Carr has done worse under a worse head coach. Yep. The paths have diverged. But Derek Carr is sitting pretty regardless. Because the reason why the Raiders wanted to send him home is so he didn't get hurt. Because if he gets hurt, his contract next year becomes guaranteed. Guaranteed. Fully guaranteed. And now they yep. can't cut him. But now if they cut him, he gets a signing bonus from a new team, gets to pick where he goes. And if they don't cut him, he gets no trade clause and gets to pick where he goes. If there was ever a, I want to get out of a toxic situation. Now he also has a Stafford opportunity. An opportunity to go. Yeah, it was you, not me. Yeah, right. It was you the whole time. Although I don't, I don't know that he's really going to need that. It kind of just feels like that's it. So for me, their car shockingly biggest winner of the week oh and also me because i made the championship for the third year in a row you did and it looks like you're you it looks like you might be able to pull it off too i have a shot we'll see joe has a good team and i'm really 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 injured i mean i'm i'm limping into the finals yeah you Um, are it's bad it's real bad but i think i got a shot so who's your biggest winner of the week Nate? i know Uh, you're gonna say me but i already used me so
0: yeah, right, right, right. No, my biggest winner of the week is America. All of Take us. Big a drink. All of us.
1: That's some version of all of us.
0: Now we're going to get to embark on and hopefully witness one of the best primetime Monday Night Football games of the last decade. Two offenses, two quarterbacks, um, two two underrated head coaches. I think. Um, yeah, this has all the fixings, I, star power, Diggs, Chase, Burrow, Allen, you know, like th- this just has, uh, you know, Trey Hendrickson's a, a sneaky superstar that you don't hear a lot about. Um, It's just got, it's game really is, and obviously the, with what's at stake, it's not just the players, it's the most, uh the most combined passing or the most combined touchdowns by a quarterback matchup in, uh in prime t- in Monday night football history. Um, you've got the one seed on the line for the bills and everybody sort of agrees that the bills don't have a chance to win a super bowl. I'm not saying I agree with that. I'm just saying that's what the national media seems to, seems to agree with is that the bills don't have a path to super bowl unless they win the one seed, and it's coming through Buffalo. Um, so there is a lot at stake. The teams are good six game and a seven game winning streak coming into this game. I, I don't know what else you could ask for, for late December. In this case, it'll be January, you know, second football Um, I mean, what a treat all of us are going to be in for. Um, Really looking forward to it. So, yeah, America is winning. No doubt about that.
1: America is winning. Nate? We've done it. We did the thing. The thing has been done. Wait, this is our last one. This is the last show. 2022. Oh, 2022. May all acquaintance be forgotten. And may all acquaintance be forgotten. And I hope you didn't leave hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, see you later. Bye. Bye.